This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Um, apologies if this is a slighter show than usual, a slightly shorter show rather than usual. Um, I am suffering so badly with hay fever today. It is awful. Um, if I can make it through the show without sneezing, then frankly, I've won a European trophy. Uh, <laughs> In regard to this, so uh, yeah, I was outside a lot yesterday, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the pollen is 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 not at good levels for people that've got really suffer with hay fever like myself. So uh, apologies for the slightly puffier face, and uh, apologies for any sniffing or sneezing throughout. Hopefully, I'm going to try and avoid that on mute where possible. So just be warned uh, that it might be a slightly shorter show, but we're going to get through as much of the news as we can, uh, hopefully all of it, and uh, even try to tackle some of your questions. As well, do drop a like on the video and subscribe, of course, if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, morning to Matt, uh, morning to Rich, to Ayo, uh, to Olu, to Rich, to Clincy, Akmal, Mr. SNLO, uh, Blackshine, Odorile, Amira, Stevie, Sweating Merlo, Stuart, uh, Harrison, Vive, good morning to you as well. Uh, oh, sorry, it's Vware. Uh, I will try my best to to pronounce it more correctly uh v-ver. V- v-where v-where there we go i'm trying i'm really am Stephen, nate daniel steve uh gary uh louis marcus martin and plenty more of you guys that i can see in the chat box as well it is very much appreciated all of you tuning in as always um let's crack on with today's stories uh first of all uh, I should say, yeah, Maximus, congratulations on episode 300. This is episode 300 of the Arsenal Transfer Show. We started this, you know, uh, a couple of years ago now. We've done over 300 Arsenal news shows and now over 300 Arsenal Transfer shows. Two years' worth of daily content. Imagine that, doing a show every single day, bar a few, I think, that we've missed. Uh, amazing. So thank you, everybody, that's continued to tune in. But yes, first story of the day, uh, Trossard, according to HLN, as uh, the Belgian outlet has had a minor surgery at the end of the season uh, to correct an issue, hence why he's not part 
of the Belgian national side. There's no suggestions that he'll be missing uh, for the start of the season or anything like that, and hopefully will return swiftly for uh, pre-season and friendlies and such. So hopefully we'll get some updates from Mikel Arteta when we hear from him ahead of the brand new pre-season schedule. Um, Newcastle are said to have laid the groundwork now to sign Kieran Tierney. Reports from Northern Outlets suggest indeed that this is the case and uh, a bid will be expected, you'd imagine, in the coming weeks for Arsenal's left-back. Inter Milan, AC Milan and Roma all are said to be now in the hunt uh, for following Balogun. The Mail reporting that these clubs are all joining the race and there will be significant interest in following Balogun. There's an expectation, I think, uh, that plenty of bids are going to be coming in very soon. Arsenal will hope that they can get hold of a significant bid for the striker that has scored over 20 goals in Liga this season and make a serious profit on a player that cost them nothing because, of course, he came through the Hale End Academy. Uh, we'll have to keep our fingers very much crossed. Now, Kai Karnak, my colleague at Football London, has reported that Austin Trusty is expected to leave on a permanent deal, uh, including also, as we've mentioned, Balogun and Nicola Pepe are expected to uh, indeed be moving on permanently during the course of this transfer window. Um, I always said I kind of wanted to have a look uh, at Austin Trusty during the summer pre-season, but uh, we'll have to wait and see if indeed he's already left by the time pre-season starts. But he's drawing interest. There is interest from clubs, both in the championship and outside of it as well. So let's see where he ends up moving. And now Fabrizio Romano has rubbished claims that Nuno Tavares is going to be moving to Galatasaray. They apparently are not looking at the Arsenal left-back at this moment in time. And there's no suggestions that that is going to change any time soon. Vincent Kompany, uh, according to Voetbol, the, uh, again, another Belgian outlet, or Dutch uh, Dutch outlet, I think, um, has uh, indeed, it seems, uh, been very much linked to uh, Sambi Lekonga of Arsenal. And Burnley are said to have an interest in the player, which is obviously good news for Arsenal. Arsenal hope for, to make as much money as feasibly possible on the player that cost them around £17 million not so long ago. Uh, Arsenal's owners, according to Simon Collings, still want the club to be self-sufficient. Um, despite, obviously, claims that Arsenal need to be spending hundreds of millions of pounds, and I think we all know that that is what we need to do. Uh, this is episode 300, and I think that Arsenal should be looking to spend as close to £300 million as they can this summer on the players that they need to sign. But there is an ambition by the owners for the club to still be self-sufficient. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all, as long as we are doing the, the required um, investments in the market. The club should still be able to be going back onto a track of becoming self-sufficient again one day. Um and still be successful. It is possible. That is the aim. Um, whether or not Arsenal end up achieving that is another question entirely. According to James Olly, Arsenal have indeed made a contract offer to Ilkay Gundogan, the German international, of course, receiving uh, offers from Saudi Arabia, Barcelona, and of course, Manchester City as well. We'll still have to wait and see where his, uh, his destination ends up being. But uh, Arsenal have indeed made an offer, it seems, to try and sign the German international. And our headline story of the day. A big congratulations to Declan Rice and West Ham United on winning the UEFA Europa Conference League trophy. And 
after and in the wake of that uh, victory, Arsenal are indeed expected to make a bid uh, in the coming days, hours uh, for Declan Rice. However, according to various outlets, and I'm certainly aware of this myself, it is expected initially to come short of that £100 million pound valuation so let's wait and see what happens let's see how much Arsenal's first bid is we know that Arsenal want him we know that he is very keen on moving to Arsenal so hopefully everything can be done to get the player through the door right let's go to part two and your questions right after this Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box then and tackle some of your questions. Um, obviously, we discussed a lot of news there in a very condensed package, so lots to take in, lots to consider. Um, the key news, of course, as we I think we can all agree, is the uh, the Declan, uh, Declan Rice story. Let me read you some quotes uh, from the player after the game. He says, there's a lot of speculation going on about my future. There is interest from other clubs that's out there. But ultimately, I've still got two years left at West Ham. I love the club. I love playing for this club. There is, uh, There hasn't been nothing yet. So my focus is playing for West Ham, enjoying tonight and seeing what happens. I'm captain of this club. I absolutely love it to pieces. I cannot speak highly enough of this place. And let's see what happens. Now, the expectation is that, you know, a move will take place. These are... Um, these are the words of, of a player, of course, that wants to maintain a very good relationship with West Ham if he is to move on, which is going to be very, very difficult, of course, for any player to leave for a fellow, potentially fellow London club as well, like Arsenal in the case of Declan Rice. Um, but I think this is very much, um, this is very much basically words from a player that uh, is is trying to maintain that really um, amicable relationship the expectation is that he will still move on this summer and that talks have gone on behind the scenes for quite some time regarding that so it's a very media friendly response when asked uh, the question it's the last interview he's going to have to do until probably a transfer bid comes in so he was going to try always to make it as amicable as feasibly possible um Let's go to uh, Mohamed says, do you agree that we are limiting Jesus by playing him in the box? He's fast, a great dribbler uh, and he's a good finisher. There's really more to him, I guess. I think obviously we can always look to get more Mohamed out of all of our players. And uh, Jesus is certainly one of those 11 goals despite missing a third of the season because of injury and then obviously had to recover from that injury as well. I think there's an expectation that Jesus should be getting well over 15 goals, potentially into 20 a season. So let's see if Arsenal don't sign a striker in the summer, if Jesus can continue improving and get into those 20-plus goal figures. Um, let's go 
to uh, Robert says, I am really struggling to see Declan Rice as a 100 million pound player. Am I alone? I'm sure you're not alone. Um, there are a number of factors as to why he is. Uh, he still has two years left on his contract. He's homegrown. He's coming from another Premier League team. There's interest from all of the big sides, um, you know, and that creates a lot of spark. And you have to consider all of those things, which means that he is that level. Plus, you've got to think about that he's an absolutely fantastic player. He's quality. And I think that there's been so much underrating of Declan Rice in these recent, kind of past recent weeks. Caicedo, for instance, um, I think is a player that draws a lot more attention for his style. But if it was between the two, you know, Declan Rice is absolutely the better player for Arsenal to go for and bring in during this summer transfer window. So certainly keeping fingers crossed, Arsenal are probably, or whoever are going to sign him, is probably going to be playing over what he's worth. But in 2023, it's very difficult, you know, to uh, to see some transfer figures being justified because it's just the chaos that we unfortunately find ourselves in in this current market and current climate. Um, Liam says, what do you make of the links with Kai Havertz coming out this morning? I can't see it. I didn't cover it in my first part of the show because I can't, I've never heard of the the the, the person reporting it. Uh, I don't know if there's any credibility to those links. So I just didn't really touch it. Um, if let's hypothetically say that there are, and there is truth in Arsenal's interest in Kai Havertz, it doesn't make that much sense considering the priorities Arsenal have during this window, defensive midfield, you know, central midfield, creative midfield, uh, the defensive options at left back if Tierney leaves, the right back slash right sided centre back areas. Um, I can't see the Kai Havertz thing as a, as a, especially with Chelsea wanting around 65 million or so for the player. I can't see that being feasible. But who knows? Strange things happen in windows, and sometimes Arsenal surprises. We didn't think we'd spend 50 million pounds on Ben White, and we did. We didn't think we'd bring in a £34 million attacking midfielder from Portugal last summer, but we did. We didn't think we'd spend £20 million on a centre-back in January, but we did. So, yeah, sometimes things change and sometimes things surprise us. So let's wait and see if indeed that happens during this window. Uh, Wesbird says, OK, so don't shoot me down, but when I watch Rice, I'm not going to lie, but I'm, the game seems to go past him a lot. I'd rather get Caicedo. I'm not going to shoot you down for it. I think that there is obviously misconceptions. I'd recommend watching him a lot for England when you see him playing in a, a team full of much better players. He shines for England. That's why he starts every game. I know that's not a lot said for, you know, with Gareth Southgate doing the choosing, but Declan Rice really does shine in that England shirt. And I think there are a lot of times where at West Ham, he has to work a lot off the ball. And actually, his off-the-ball work is brilliant. Like, what he does when not in possession is really good. And that is an aspect of the game that Arsenal definitely need, especially when they come up against teams like Man City and some of the teams that we're probably going to come up in the Champions League that will dominate more of the possession. However, he does need to develop his game more in possession and will certainly be doing that. And Arsenal will certainly be looking to do that if they bring him in. But he still is in possession passing is is really, really good. So... That is, I think there's a, such a great foundation for Arsenal to build off into a really world-class player there. So let's see what happens. Um, Josh says, hi, Tom. Apparently we're linked with Galatasaray centre-back Victor Nelson. Apparently he can be a defensive midfielder as well and a right-back from time to time. What are your thoughts? Can't say I've seen much, if anything, of him. What I would say is that I would take a lot of reports coming out of Turkey at the moment with a pinch of salt. Um, certainly regarding a number of, uh, of, of player targets I've seen. 
uh, and then been told that that's not necessarily as accurate. So let's wait and see what happens. But uh, I'm not sure I'm paying that too much attention at the moment, Josh. But that could change. So let's wait and see. And Maximir says, Tom, keeping the Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid news in perspective, how many English players did we see move to Real Madrid in the modern era, especially in midfield? That's a very rare one. Yeah, I mean, in the modern era, not so much. We did see players back in the day make switches to Real Madrid from Britain. Um, but I think more and more we're seeing English players make that switch um, now abroad. We're seeing them move into other leagues. And I think that is a really good thing. I think it's good for the England national team. I think a lot of nations like Spain that have had players when they've won tournaments playing outside of, of, of their nation, like David Silva, for instance, you know. Um, I think when you think of the the German sides, you know, they've seen players uh, compete outside. I think when you look at France as well, loads of players playing outside their nation, you get a lot of experience from that. And I think that only improves the national side. So I'd always encourage uh, homegrown talent in England to move abroad so that they can gain that experience. And it's a beneficial thing for the national team as well. Um, let's go to uh, Tic Tac Attack says, were you not disappointed seeing Edu not walking out onto the pitch last night with an Arsenal shirt to announce Declan Rice? Without doubt. I mean, Edu out at this stage. Why is he not walking onto that pitch? And giving a shirt to, to Rice, is that not how deals get done? Isn't that what a really ambitious... This is Arsenal Football Club, mate. We should be walking out on that. We should be lifting that trophy instead. We should be sending Martin Erdogan going, no, thank you. I'm going to lift this trophy. We're Arsenal Football Club. We do what we want. We can do what we want. <laughs> uh, Jashar says, Tom, hope yesterday went well. Uh, have you done a Rice versus Caicedo comparison uh, like you used to? We are going to be doing that. It's in the works. Don't worry. Um, a lot of the people that I usually discuss with kind of the high-level profiles, have gone on holiday at the end of the season. So I'm waiting for people to come back from holiday and then uh, we'll be doing a lot more on uh, the transfer breakdown side of things. Um, <laughs> Matt G says, Tom, you're not helping. Tell everyone that Rice is terrible to stop Chelsea coming in for him. He's, he's bad. He's really bad. He's, uh, you know, I, I can't believe Arsenal are linked with him. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, Amira says, of the three European competitions, uh, com uh, which is now your favourite? We all laughed at the Conference League, but it's grown on me. Seems like the one with the most heart and soul. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think that the competition is really good at giving clubs like West Ham, like Fiorentina, um, even a club like Roma, you know, like last season, an opportunity to win a trophy in Europe where they never would have had that opportunity before. Um, I think it's, you know, I think whilst I certainly was sceptical of it and I still have my scepticisms and my criticisms of the competition, I think that there are some really great things to have come from it. And I think that seeing West Ham lift that trophy last night was, you know, a really special moment for them. You know, I was with a West Ham fan last night watching the game and, you know, having that experience, seeing them enjoy that so much is great. Some people are asking the question, who's had the better season, Arsenal or West Ham? Well, in the context of West Ham, West Ham have had a better season. In the context of Arsenal, Arsenal have had a better season. If you're an Arsenal fan, you're not swapping our season for theirs. And if you're a West Ham fan, you're not swapping your season for ours, even if it meant you finished second, because getting that trophy for West Ham is a massive, massive achievement. So I do think that, it's all about context, always. And I think for Arsenal, it's more important to do what we did to get as close to Man City as possible and show that we can challenge and see what we need to build on to close that gap even more. And for West Ham, they had to survive, but picking up a European trophy is an unbelievable achievement for them as well. So it's all about context. So I think for them, great season. They wouldn't trade it. And for us, 
great season. We wouldn't trade it. Uh, Michael says, uh, and is Arsenal better than the English national team or on par for Declan to perform well at for Arsenal? I think when you think about the players that are involved in the English national team, you know, that gives you a much better indication of of what level Declan Rice can play at, especially when he's getting to European finals uh, in 2021, playing really well, you know, throughout that tournament, played well throughout most of England's tournaments that he's played in, actually. Um, and he stood out for England in that position. So without a shadow of a doubt, I'm more than happy to pay what it requires to get Declan Rice through the door. And I certainly trust the club to make the right deals because they've not given us a reason necessarily to to not trust them when it comes to investing money in players because the players they've really invested money into, bar Fabio Vieira, you know, have really shown us what we're capable of doing when it comes to bringing in talent for a serious investment. Um Umar says, would you be happy if we only get Rice and Caicedo in this transfer window? I mean, I'd be happy. I, I'd end up being a little, a little bit concerned still, I think. I couldn't not be happy about signing Rice and Caicedo, but I'd be concerned that we didn't bring in the defensive requirements. I think we'd have to then keep Kieran Tierney. We'd have to keep following Balogun as well. So uh, I think if you sign just those two in the window, it depends on who you keep as well. Um Let's scroll down a little bit more to some more questions. Uh, Alex says, Tom, who had the better season between West Ham and Manchester United? Both are trying to banter us. Um, Between those two, again, I think it's the context of the clubs. West Ham winning, you know, a European Cup, you know, for I I can't help but say European Cup without thinking about using quotation marks because of, you know, the, the fact it's only been around for two years. But... At the end of the day, Arsenal have won trophies that no longer exist in Europe, you know. Um, and I say no longer exist, they're in different forms now, like with the Europa League becoming what it was and the UEFA Cup and the Intertoto Cup and the Cup Winners Cup and all those things. But it's the context of those teams. For me, I think Arsenal have had a better season than Manchester United um, in the context of two teams that's aims are to try and win titles. Arsenal have had a better season. The Carabao Cup is... You know, that you look at the way they got through to that final um, and the route that they had was was rather simple. And then you look at West Ham United, you know, they've done really well to do what they've done. The teams that they've beaten to get to where they are still, you know, there were some decent European sides that Fiorentina were the favourites for me going into that final. They scored more goals than anyone else in that competition. And, uh, you know, West Ham defended well in the end. And, and even though Fiorentina came back very quickly after they scored their penalty, which was a penalty, by the way, certainly that's the type of handball that I think you have to say, without a doubt, that's a penalty. Um, but uh, when it comes down to the contexts of seasons, you know, Arsenal's got a better season than Man United. But I think in the context of clubs, West Ham wouldn't trade theirs. Arsenal wouldn't trade theirs. Um Derpler says, Tom, what does the scarf below the Chicago Gooners say? It's been driving me mad. Um, which one? Uh, this this one, that's the Fort Lauderdale Gooners. And that's the Cincinnati Gooners. So uh, very kind uh, American Arsenal fan clubs that have sent me shirt, uh, sent me scars. I've also got a, uh, is it here? Yes, I, I can confirm to Moss. Is it here? I haven't put it up yet because I haven't had time but uh, I do indeed have Moss's scarf uh, for the Canadian Gooners as well so hold on let me get it there it is very nice shirt indeed Uh, very nice scarf rather indeed so that will have to be put up at some stage but thank you to Moss for that very much appreciated Um, 
Akbar says, my worry is that once we get back into Champions Leagues, the owners will start resting on their laurels. Stop investing, allow us to stagnate as a top four club. Please, Cronky, prove me wrong. And that's what we've got to do. He's got to wait to see if they prove us wrong. I think that Arsenal should be looking to be a self-sustaining club and invest big money. And it is possible to do both. You know, you look at Liverpool, for instance, they're a club that are self-sustaining. Um, that said, that the fans are very, very much disparaging towards their owners, perhaps because of the, some of the decision-making that's gone on there. But for Arsenal, we can be self-sustaining and be successful. It's possible, but you need to be successful to be able to do that. And to get successful first, we need to see the investment. We need to build up this squad of young players because we should really be in a place where next summer we only have to add one or two players. That's what we should be aiming to be at a place where we only have to add one or two players during a summer transfer window. And really in the January transfer window, the only reason we should be using the January transfer window is because we've had a serious injury. That's the only reason why we should be using it. I mean, did Manchester City sign anybody in January last season? I mean, let's have a quick look. Man City, all transfers. I don't think they did. Did they sign? Uh, they signed that Maximo Perone. So they signed a really young exciting talent no someone that didn't play at all by a couple of minutes maybe coming off the bench so you need to get into a place where you're only ever you know in terms of spending in the summer window adding one two uh, max three players and if you think about what man city have done in recent seasons they actually made a profit last season in terms of their transfers they sold raheem sterling they sold jesus they sold zinchenko they sold pedro poro they sold Ko Itakura, who I've never even heard of. Uh, Arij Janiet Muric, I think he was a goalkeeper, was he not? Um, they sold a guy called Diego Rosa, who I've not heard of either. Um, and they've already got a good loan fee for Joao Cancelo as well. So they made a profit, even though they bought Haaland, Phillips, Akanji, Sergio Gomez. You know, they added those four players. They added Stefan Ortega on a free as well. We need to be in a position where we're adding one or two players in the summer, if we move players on, we're moving them on for good money. And Man City are going to be in a position, I think, where they're going to start to be self-sustaining as a football club because they've built the squad. They buy players like Alvarez for £14 million, for instance. If he goes, he's going to be worth upwards of 30 potentially £40 million, isn't he? Because you bring a player in, you get them opportunities off the bench for a really small price, and... And you see a profit when they move on because they're not going to get enough minutes. Eventually, Julian Alvarez will move on, I imagine, because they've got Erling Haaland to be their striker for the next 10 years. Alvarez is going to one day want to play more regularly and they're going to sell him for way more than that 40 million because whenever he's come on, he's playing in a team which is able to emphasise his strengths. If you look at Ajax, for instance, right? Ajax is a really good example. A club that have been at the top of the Eredivisie for a long time. And although in the last couple of years, it's not been the same, but they were able to win that league sell players for big fees and still win the league the season after because they're able to bring through talent, play talent in, in a position where they're dominating the league. Man City are dominating the league right now and they're in a position where they can then sell players like Jesus, like Zinchenko for a profit, even though they're not playing as regularly. And that's what Arsenal need to look to do. City are now a, a potentially self-sustaining club after a significant number of years of investment. So whilst I agree that for Arsenal, the aim should be to become self-sustaining again in the same model that Man City are becoming to be self-sustaining as well, you need to invest first. And Arsenal at the moment are still in that investment phase. And that's where we need to try and be successful, bring in young players, renew our, our stars like Saka, like Martinelli for the future, keep them at the club. You know, if Smith-Rowe moves on, we're going to get a big fee. 
if Balogun moves on, we're going to get a big fee. If Tierney moves on, we're going to get a profit. You know, we need to start making those types of things happen. And if they move on, we have to make the profits for them. If they move on, we have to get good fees for them. We have to change our sales reputation. And if you bring in Rice for 100 million, you know, if we spend close to 300 million pounds this summer or we sell 100 million pounds worth to offset that somewhat, next summer, we can't be spending you know, we can't be doing another 300 million pound summer. You know, that's not how you become self-sustaining. And we shouldn't really be doing another 300 million pound summer if indeed we've spent close to that this summer. Because the work we do in this season should be to pretty much sort the squad in terms of a squad position to challenge. And then in the subsequent windows, we should be adding one, two, a push three players during a summer window to strengthen, to replace, to reinforce, to sign some young stars maybe that we see that we identify as being one for the future. That's what we need to be looking at. You can't, you, you don't, you don't, you can't, sorry, being in a position where you're investing 300 million every single season. It just it doesn't work that way, I'm afraid. Uh, Gunnar Jake says, Tom, apologies, it's going to be a short show. Proceeds to go on for half an hour, not complaining. It's, look, it's holding up. I can't complain until my nose starts running like Niagara Falls. Uh, I'll keep going for a little bit. But now you've made me aware of it. Now I'm really aware of my nose. So um, thanks for that, uh, Jake. Really appreciate it. Um, Chris says, hey, Tom, apologies for the lateness. Hope everything went well yesterday. It was very nice. Thank you. I really appreciate the kind messages that everybody sent me. It was very, very humbling indeed. So thank you, everybody. Uh, let's go to um i'm really sick of people just coming to the chat and be antagonizing so you can leave um let's go to j house uh, media says tom do you think balligan should stay and play rather than bring a new number nine he is better than nketi and gives an extra attacking option absolutely i think he should stay the problem is is that he wasn't want to stay because he knows he's not going to be the number one jesus is the number one for the moment and Balogun's not interested, it seems, in staying and trying to fight for that place. He wants to leave now and play now. I can't blame him for that. I can't, you know, I can't say anything against that. He's doing what he needs to do. And we just need to make sure that we get a very, very good price for him. Uh, Malik says, uh, what do you think Arsenal need to do in terms of something special in the Champions League? I think if Arsenal are serious about the competition, they need to be looking to reach at least the quarterfinals of that competition and then just see what happens. We should be making it through the group stage. We should be making it through the last 16. And we should hopefully try and get as, as, as far as we can in terms of them uh, playing a last 16, uh, sorry, a, a quarterfinal team. That we're obviously going to come up against a very difficult side, I think, in pot one. We might get lucky and get a Feyenoord. Um, maybe we get a little bit lucky there, but we're probably going to not. We're probably going to get a, a Barcelona. We're probably going to get a Bayern Munich. We're probably going to get someone very difficult. Um, but we'll see. Um, Arsenal should be progressing through their group, though, and they should be getting to at least the quarterfinals of the competition. It's our first year back in it after a long time. If you offered me a quarterfinal place and then kind of say, see what happens, I'd absolutely take it. So, Let's see what happens. Uh, Constantine says, have you seen that Ramsdale is now rated the most expensive goalkeeper? I did. CIES have, have done an assessment in which they claimed he's now the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. Can't say that's a particularly bad um, bad bit of business, is it? Uh, Akamal says, a TGT hat with next season's away kit design. I mean... I might do a we might do a black hat with the yellowy colour for the cannon, but that's about as far as I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh Wesbo says, Tom, did you see my important message about Jaffa cakes? Tom, are there a biscuit or a cake? They're a cake, hence why they're called Jaffa cakes. If you baked a really big Jaffa cake, would that be a biscuit or a cake? It'd be a cake. And guess why? Because if you leave it out, 
it goes hard. And if you leave a biscuit out, they go soft. That's how it works. Come on, this is this is just standard, absolutely standard. Abibex says, Tay Tom, what would be your dream signing at the moment, if possible? Dream signing? You know, Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo are close to what I would describe as my dream signings for the summer transfer window for what I'm expecting of Arsenal. Um, but I, I really want to see Arsenal go out and sign a centre-forward. You look at Victor Rosiman as, as probably being the best striker that could be on the market. So potentially someone like him. I really like Randall Colo Moani as well as Frankfurt. A really big fan of his. Um, so there's some options for you um, that I would have liked. Rafael Guerrero, by the way, signing for Bayern Munich on a free. Um, I think that's a potentially missed opportunity. Who knows if Arsenal ever made a, a move, but uh, he's going to be going to Bayern Munich on a free transfer. Uh, Jakob says, hey, Tom, uh, the, with the link to likes of Rice, Caicedo, Diaby, do you think Arsenal was capable of spending £70 million for three different players in one window? Uh, no, I think they're capable of spending it for potentially two, and then the rest will be smaller. I don't think Diaby is 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 going to happen this summer, to be honest. I'd be very surprised if that happened. Um, I don't expect it to. Um, I think that we are probably going to end stuff there. I've just hit 30 minutes, so uh, I am going to go and start working very shortly. I'll be back on the Arsenal way a little bit later on today as well. If you haven't dropped a like on the video, please make sure you do. Thank you ever so much, everybody that tunes into the shows every single morning. Thank you ever so much, everybody that sent very, very kind messages yesterday. It means a lot to see the support that we always get on the channel. Um, I will see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. once again to break you down all the latest Arsenal news and views. Uh, Have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.